0: Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast, brought to you by Twisted Tea. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols. What's up, yo, Tennessee Homer? <sniffs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, bad. We have finally made it here. Week zero, Mm -hmm, Shane, mm. of the college football season. And I don't know if you've looked at this schedule, buddy. I mean, these games may be god-awful, but I'm fired up for them. Mm. I mean, Hawaii Vanderbilt, yeah, that's going to be a great game. SEC Network. Yeah. Stadium on the construction. What time time is that one on again? I'm going to run down the whole schedule here if that's all right, Shane. Okay, yeah. Every week zero game. And we only got like five of them, but like I said, Hawaii at Vanderbilt, that's the one we really care about. Right. 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on the SEC Network. Cannot okay. wait for that. Navy, Notre Dame, Shane, they're playing in Dublin. Ooh. They're in Ireland. <laughs> How about that? Hey. 2.30 Eastern, one thirty Central on NBC UMass, uh-oh, that why I care. They play Auburn in week one. UMass at New Mexico State. That's this is the ESPN prime time game. God, yeah, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> Talking o- about the snub there at <laughs> Vanderbilt, huh? Seven o'clock Eastern, six Central on ESPN. UMass at New Mexico State. How about that? Mm. Io- oh excuse me, Ohio, not state, but Ohio at San Diego State. Again, seven okay. Eastern Six Central Fox Sports One FS1. I didn't even know that's a channel. San uh, Diego. <laughs> San Jose. With a lot of sands in here. At Southern Cal, 7 Eastern, 6 Central on the Pac-12 network. I don't even think I get that one. Mm, Pac-4. F- <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least, Shade, I mean, I'm I'm gonna watch all these damn games. I ain't gonna lie to you. F-I- FIU. At Louisiana Tech, 9 Eastern, 8 Central on CBS Sports Network. How about it, buddy? Week zero coming to you this Saturday.
1: Hey man, I tell you what, it's been so damn long since we had college football. I'm probably going to watch at least three of those. You know what I'm
2: saying? <laughs>
1: <laughs> now the others may be background noise, whatever. But but absolutely looking forward to some college football action and and like you said, the highlight for me and you, it's going to be seven thirty. Come on now, it was the SEC. Not it, it ain't something I got subscribed to, right? Right, I don't just want to, to find out the last second.
0: <laughs> Not a digital channel, Shane. Okay. SEC All right, good. network. We're going to have it locked and loaded with a hundred pounds of damn twisted tea to consume. <laughs> you know what? That's
1: a, we'll we'll have some sort of drinking game for the Vanderbilt, you know. I, I think that yeah. would be, I, be a perfect way to start the season.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of a perfect way, Shane, let's kick it over real quick. Clark Lee, the excitement of the season opener. I thought he put it brilliantly, Shane, the excitement of the unknown. Because that's why I love college football, Shane. You don't know what you got. I mean, Georgia, yeah. Alabama, you know, for a decade plus, they've known what they've got. But everybody else, you know, we're, it's a hope and a prayer that you got a good team. And we we all convince ourselves for months and months, we're going to be just fine. And right. then one game out, you're like, my God, our receivers are terrible. <laughs> or we've got no secondary. I mean, there's always blemishes you just never know what you're going to get in college football. And that's, to me, that's part of the beauty of it, Shane. And that's something that Clark Lee is hampering on. And uh, while the construction's going on in the background, I hope you can hear this.
1: Yeah, you can literally hear progress. <laughs> <laughs> what do you see differently with the Hawaiians
3: in this service? In
2: well, it's just like they've got new faces and they've got new design. You know, they've, got, they've kind of reorganized their staff. And so there's going to be some elements of getting to know them as we go. Um, and similar to last year in that respect. But, you know, I know Timmy and um, I've got a ton of respect for him. And I I know that he'll have that team ready to play. And similar to, you know, if you go from our first game first year to our first game second year, we made, you know, tremendous progress. You know, they're going to do the same thing. And so we'll have our work cut out for us. I think the first game of the year is always – um, the excitement of the unknown. You know, we're going to have to be a really mature team and come out here and and outplay a team that's going to be hungry for a win. And so um, right now this group's up for the challenge. we got to maintain the level of focus and intensity through the week and make sure that we're ready to play before we begin.
0: All right, Chase, <laughs> so those six guys in the background, they were working their asses <laughs> off to get Vanderbilt Stadium up and ready for this Hawaii game. But, I mean – It's why I wanted to lead with this, Shane, because we got Vanderbilt. We got Hawaii. Hawaii will be in year two under Timmy Chang. We'll see how far they have progressed. But we are still anticipating Vanderbilt to beat the hell out of those Rainbow Warriors, aren't we?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is going to be a still an extremely thin Hawaii team, and and I think that's that's the key, brother. I think they'll hang in there for maybe a quarter, but after that, Vanderbilt's going to do like they did last year, just run away with this thing. But hey, I, I, again, I can't I can't fault it. I, that was one of the most exciting games last year for me, just because it kicked off the season. I yeah. expect the same during this one.
0: <laughs> well, Shane. Uh, one other thing before we get to a, a couple more clips here, I wanted to—I just wanted to lead with Vandy since they're playing Week Zero here. But uh, I don't know if you caught this, Shane, but uh, the AP has put out their preseason All-Americans, Mm-mm. and the SEC, of course, led the way. And not only the SEC, but Georgia, Shane, had five players, and they, so they only do a first team. And they only do a second team. So this is an elite of elite preseason All-American team, Shane. It's got five Bulldogs on it. But let's run down the first team, All-Americans from the SEC, Shane. No surprise. Quinchon Junkins from Ole Miss running back made the cut. Cedric Van Prant, center for Georgia. He's on the first team. Brock Bowers, all-world tight end from Georgia. He's on the team. Harold Perkins, linebacker LSU. Jamon Dumas Johnson, linebacker from Georgia. Kool Aid McKinstry down there at Alabama at corner. And Malachi Starks, the safety from Georgia. That's your first team All Americans from the SEC. we got a couple more on the second team, Shane. But any that, uh, you know, just that may come to the top of your head and be like, well, why the hell ain't this guy a first team All American, <laughs> AP?
1: Well, I, I think. Well, you're going to kind of hint on it on the second one. It's just the fact that Junkins was, was selected one because
0: yeah.
1: it's going to be an ongoing season battle between him and Rocket Sanders, I think. And yep. and it depends on which party you're asking. They're going to be upset that their guy was either not there or, or maybe happy that Jenkins is there. So I, that's the first one that stood out to me. But, uh, you know, maybe wide receiver. Like no wide receiver in, in, in the in the SEC, mm-hmm. now, Juice Wells, neighbors, nobody could yeah. could step up and get a first seat. I know everybody's in love with Ohio State and all these other losers out there, but it just seems like <laughs> SEC would have had one in there.
0: Yeah, I would have loved to seen Kai Kroger, the punter, make first team. Oh,
1: there you go, that's a good one.
0: I mean, he is a good one. He made the second team. So let's break down the second team. Shane, you, you nailed it there. Rocket Sanders at running back. J.C. Latham, the outstanding offensive tackle for Alabama. Malik Neighbors, receiver LSU. Dallas Turner, the edge defender for Alabama. Makai Wingo, defensive lineman from LSU. Javon Bullard, safety, Georgia MVP of the national championship game. And Kai Kroger, punter, South Carolina. So that rounds out AP, all Americans from the SEC. And, buddy, I mean, Makai Wingo, we got to give him – hit you know, his props for what he did last season, but may not even be the best defensive lineman on that team with Mason Smith coming back. So uh, that's a big reason why I like LSU, two monsters on that interior of the defensive line to free up a uh, Perkins uh, behind them. I mean, I I think LSU has got some massive potential to be uh, a very underrated defensive team this fall. You know what?
1: Absolutely, man. I mean, there's every one of these guys are going to be in the NFL. They're going to be key contributors with their program. So there's some, there's some studs all across the board, not just in LSU, but I mean, you, you've, you've mentioned several of them and yeah. I think there are a few that got snubbed here. And and what sucks is, I don't know, man, about you, but you know, when the, when the big, big 12, or whatever, Big 30, whatever they have, 40 teams. <laughs> they're going to start doing these conference banners where they have the most AP players and the most yeah, kids yeah. drafted. You know, I mean, it's going to be totally skewed and bullshit, but uh, you just be ready. It's coming. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know if they're leading the AP here, but I'm sure there's some <laughs> sort of tweet they fired off this morning.
0: All right, Shane. Well, let's get uh, into these clips again. Let's kick it on over to Rocky Top, where Tennessee has – essentially uh, wrapped up training camp in season mode now. This was uh, the conclusion of it here. Josh Heupel met with the media on Monday. And the big question that most people have for them Volshade is the defensive backs. They bring back virtually everybody. They've signed some top recruits. They brought in transfers. They got bodies back there. Uh, Here's Josh Heupel on the current state of this secondary and you know some of their more experienced players, Shane, have been banged up in camp, It's giving an opportunity some of the younger guys, some of the the new faces, so to speak, of that the secondary to uh, make contributions this fall camp. Let's kick it over to Josh Heupel.
4: Because of those guys nicked up in the secondary in particular, how close are you guys to figuring kind of that puzzle out back there? I know you're going to play a lot of yeah. these guys, but how close are do you feel comfortable? getting that group together. But, you know, the guys that we've gotten back, uh, they were out uh, early in training camp, um, you know, the last three, four days. uh, Those guys have continued to increase their loads. We've gotten a lot of live work with those guys. feel like, you know, we have a pretty clear understanding who those guys are and and how they'll play and compete. Uh, We will play a lot of guys uh, on the back end. And, and, uh, you know, so feel like we're in a good spot. And and, uh, over the next 12 days, should be ready to roll. All
0: right, Chase. So, I mean, given the fact that they do have so much – so many bodies to work with, essentially. What's your thoughts right now on the current state of Tennessee's secondary? Now that, uh, you know, is it still a question for you? Do you think they'll be much improved? What What's your overall thoughts there?
1: I don't know if much improves the word I would use, but I do think it would be a better unit. I think it's a deeper unit. The depth is uh, the main thing. Look, hell, we've already got a couple guys banged up. You know, these, I think that's what caused. Yeah, one of the problems that that hurt Tennessee late last year was just that depth, man. If you don't have anybody come in and replace somebody hurt, or if there's a noticeable gap between the two, then they're going to take advantage of it every single time. I mean, this is college football. They know every man on that roster and when they hit the field what they're capable of doing. So um, I'm feeling a little bit better, but again, I'm always worried because of the injury bug.
0: Yeah. Well, Shane, i Wanted to play this clip specifically for you, buddy, because <laughs> I don't know about you, but I got pretty fired up when I heard Josh Heupel. He was asked, you know, kind of like a mundane question, and he referenced championships.
4: Let's kick it over to Josh Heupel. Josh, g- generally speaking, how how well does a non-starter, have, or how close does a non-starter have to be to a starter to, to get, you know, in that rotation where it becomes a deal where it's good to have them out there and not just. The drop off's not too much to to kind of keep continuity going. If we don't feel like you're going to play at a championship level, you're not going to be on the field. It's real easy. Uh, coaches got to be able to trust you. You know. All right, Chase. So, I mean, I mm. yeah. Again, this is just a you know a quick little comment here
0: from Hypel, but I can't recall the last time a Tennessee head coach. I mean, it must have been Phil Fulmer talking championships in the preseason here. I mean, usually it's. You know, we can't get we can't get too excited. Let's not overdo it. And, and yada, yada, yeah. yada. But I mean, this is and I realize no one's picking Tennessee to win the championship. I get it. But no one picked them to win 11 games and win the Orange Bowl last year either. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this confidence from the head coach, this this tells me a lot about uh, where Tennessee's at heading into the season.
1: It's like that old saying, dress for the job you want, not the one you have. <laughs> you know. It's it's kind of the same concept. Yeah, we may not be winning a championship this year, but we could. And and I think if you can kind of create that buzz in that locker room, that's what they're expecting and that's the way they're playing. And, and uh, you know, you don't want to play for a bowl game. You don't want to play for, for uh, you know, a, a chance, an outside chance to make it to a, an SEC champion. You want, you want to talk about college football playoffs. You want to talk about bringing back a Natty to Knoxville. And you do that by the top down. And, and that's the narrative they have on that campus. And that's the narrative that, that as long as Hopples there, they're going to continue to have.
0: Right. And the doubters Shane of Tennessee, what's the number one thing many reference it's Joe Milton. And they don't believe mm-hmm. in Joe Milton. They don't think he can do it. They've seen this before Michigan hyped them up, uh, Tennessee fans. I don't remember the coaches step of the fans, certainly hyped up uh, Milton the first time go around there before uh, Hendon Hooker broke out. And again, no shame in losing the job to Hendon Hooker. I mean, he was just one of the most efficient quarterbacks in SEC history, by God. But uh, even if they're completely right and Joe Milton is a bust, which I'm not saying he will be, but if they are absolutely correct, well, guess what, Shane? They got another five-star right behind (laughs) him, Nico, ready to go. And according to Josh Heupel, by God, Nico, he's ready if they need him. Josh is a quarterback guy. Joe's got so much experience uh, behind him.
4: You have so much inexperience. If something happened to Joe, how ready do you feel like that Nico is? I think he's ready to play at a really high level. Um, all young quarterbacks, you know, it's it's different when you get out there and it's live of bullets and you don't have a red jersey on. But I uh, um, feel really good about where he's at, command of our offense, uh, being a really sound decision maker, fundamentally being able to get himself in a good position to be consistently accurate with the ball. Um, you know, I like what he's done. All right, Chase. I mean, how much excitement do you get? Just thinking about Nico on the field. Don't
1: do this. Don't (laughs) you start this? You know what I'm saying? One bad pass for, and we're going to be yelling Nico. You don't want that. (laughs) Hey, listen, I, I, everybody knows what he's capable of. And, and, and I think there's going to be a time and a place for Nico to, to take over the reins. It's like, but let's let let's let Joe. This is Joe's team here, you know. <laughs> and it, it's you hear it. There's there's those key questions that you hear around all these schools. Uh, you know, you you could ask uh damn Jimbo how many times has he been asked about Petrino. It's like that that question. That everybody's going to ask at one point. Well, this is going to be hopple. until Nico's <laughs> a starting quarterback. They're going to want to know how close is he being ready to to come out here and lead this team.
0: Yeah. All right. Say so next, let's kick it on down to Mississippi State where. They're wrapping up training camp as well. First one, of course, under Zach Arnett, at least him leading the charge. And first under Kevin Barbe, Shane, the offensive coordinator. So much intrigue in what this Mississippi State offense will look like. And I think that really started for us, Shane, when they added Mike Wright as a transfer quarterback. You're sitting yeah. here saying, what the hell are they doing adding Mike Wright? I mean, he's, he's a... You know, Vanderbilt doesn't win the two games they won last year without Mac, Mike Wright. So... We're not questioning him, but it's just the fit. He's pretty much the exact opposite of Will Rogers. So Mm -hmm. it's just so unique that they added him. And Kevin Barbet was asked about it. I love this answer. I'll get to it on the other side. But still, even he does not want to... Fully go into what they're doing with Mike Wright. Let's kick it over to Kevin Barbet, the offensive coordinator.
1: We've seen some formations throughout this week of Will and and Mike uh, Wright playing together, I guess. What are kind of your thoughts on the way, you know, Mike's kind of accepted his role since coming here and and your ability to use him in in various ways?
5: Yeah, Mike is uh, obviously he's a very explosive athlete and um, he can do some things. And, you know, like I've told you guys before, uh, you know, without getting too specific, it's about putting your best players on the field and the guys that can create explosive plays, uh, no matter, you know, who, what 11 guys that is. So, uh, you know, we've, we've messed with a few things. And, uh, you know, I think going forward, uh, you know, we'll continue evaluating uh, each week, right, what explosive players we have.
0: All right, Chan, I'll tell you why I really love this answer. For one, we know what a weapon Mike Wright is in, in bringing that explosiveness to an SEC offense. Yeah. But I think at Mississippi State, more than just about any other SEC school, you have to put the best players on the field regardless of whether they fit exactly. I guess the point I'm trying to make, Shane, is there are certain schools where if you don't fit the scheme and you don't fit the coaching it, – it, all that you ain't going to play at Mississippi yeah. state. It's got to be the reverse. You you've got to get the best players out there and then you adapt to them. And just based on this answer here by Kevin Barbe, I think he is very willing to do that. And you, you simply have to do that to have success at Mississippi state.
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's a great point. And you think about it, this, you're two different types of quarterbacks and not saying Mike's going to come out here and, you know, Will Rogers is in no jeopardy of losing his job, but you're going to have to take 25% of that practice and have to have some film set aside for a mobile quarterback like Mike Wright. Because if you go in with Will Rogers and who knows, there's a whole drive with Mike at quarterback and you're not prepared. You know, that's just another that's just another feather in your cap, man. Yeah, you know, that's another tool that you can use. So yeah, um, yeah I, I love this and I love the, the the kind of the hush hushness about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the secret. I don't know when it's gonna roll out. It may not be week one or week two, but there's gonna come a time when you're gonna get the Mike Wright show and you're gonna remember how fast this bastard is <laughs> because next thing you look up, you're reading the back of his jersey says he's running the end zone. Ask Kentucky, they know.
0: Right. And, you know, part of the reason he doesn't want to get into it, Shane, because it sounds like he's going to be much more than a quarterback. He's, he's yeah. Mike Wright is. He'll probably play multiple positions. But, you know, that is one thing for Mississippi State. You certainly couldn't say in, in recent seasons opposing defenses knew what was coming. Yep. Now, because Leach was such an innovator in, in the repetitions and Will Rogers is just so dang accurate. It was difficult to stop it. I'm not saying it was easy to stop it, but defenses are going to have no clue what's coming, and yep. I, I think that's a little bit more advantageous for the Bulldogs this fall. And, and speaking of Will Rogers, Shane, I also love these comments from Kevin Barbet, who that's another thing. Will Rogers, he's always played in the Mike Leach system, Shane, even going back to his high school days. So this is completely new to him, yet it sounds like Kevin Barbe, Will Rogers are – Sinking up perfectly this is exactly what you want to hear about a veteran quarterback going into his first season in a new system.
1: How much do you feel since the spring game to the first scrimmage, not the second scrimmage, have you grown, you know, comfortable in terms of in-game communication and stuff like that with
3: uh, with Will Rogers?
5: Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. I think Will and I have uh, really gained a lot of, of mutual respect. We see a lot of things the same way. He, when I something's starting to roll off my tongue he'll already have it called because he knows exactly what I'm thinking. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that's really important uh, throughout the season and as we become more comfortable with each other is he knows what I'm thinking. He's in the mind of the play caller, um, and he's understanding the play caller's purpose.
1: Does that surprise you that he's picked it up that quickly?
5: Not at all. Man, this guy loves football. Look at him. He's out there right now with his dad. He's teaching his dad drops right now of the way that we're play-actioning, right? He lives and breathes football every second of every day. And so he's up here all the time, right, studying, asking questions, you know, giving ideas. Uh, it doesn't surprise me one single bit. They're finishing each other's
4: senses, just
0: like me and you down there, Shane.
1: I'm telling you, out there teaching his dad. You know, I can't get my kid to do shit with me, you know. It's like at that point, he's out there running routes for his dad. I, I think that's awesome, brother. You know, this this whole message just kind of screams what this program's about, brother. You know, and, and, you know, Mississippi State especially, people overlook them. People shit on them all the time. But it's it's guys like Will Rogers that have built this program to sustain eight, nine, ten win seasons, you know what I'm saying? It's the yeah. culture that they've created, and uh, yeah, I, I I think I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Bulldogs, but they got a they got a hell of a guy back there at quarterback, you know. And I, I think at the end of the year, we're going to look back and say, okay, that is why he should have been a Heisman candidate.
0: Well you know what else you shouldn't be overlooking, Shane, and that's Manscaped. Come on now, head on over <laughs> to manscaped.com slash slash SEC podcast with a promo code SEC Shane. You get twenty percent off your entire order free shipping, including international shipping. Courtesy of our friends over at Manscaped. Shane, get this Beard Hedger Pro. Looks like Shane can use some of that beard hedging soon, and he'll have it soon enough. I'm going to hand-deliver that, the Beard <laughs> Hedger Pro, that bad boy, two cousin Shane, which is comes with shampoo, conditioner, oil, pump, and one hell of a travel case. So help the podcast. Head on over to Manscaped.com. Don't forget promo code SEC. Get you 20% off your entire order over at Manscaped.com. Dot com. are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience check out twisted tea your go-to game beverage for college football fans twisted tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before it's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch five percent alcohol and no carbonation delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion no need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by GameTime. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code THATSECTHATSEC SEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. GameTime is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code THAT. SEC for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for twenty bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, Shane. Last team I wanted to hit on here, Texas A&M. Yeah. Mm. so many doubters. So many. I mean, hell, when we hype up A&M, we got to hear it from. Every other fan base, we're doing this again. What the hell are we doing? You're, they're just going to disappoint you once again. I thought this was pretty cool of uh, Jimbo. He was asked the offseason, being doubted, all he's had to deal with uh, in College Station after a, a terribly disappointing season. Let's kick it over to Jimbo.
5: has been like for you? Because you know, 10 years ago, you, you won the national championship. You've had a lot of success fun. in this sport. But I know a lot of people have questioned your abilities
3: and, you know, whether or not you can still reach that pinnacle. I'm curious how, how you. People always doubt you. As an <laughs> athlete, you're doubted every day. Yeah. Every, every team out there is the same way. People doubt you makes it fun. That's what competition's about. I don't worry what people think. I know what we can do and how we can have it and what we try to go to. I mean, and every coach is, listen, you're on a daily basis. It's what you do for me lately and everything you do. I mean, every coach in the country is like that. If when, when you slip up one time, it is what it is, and that's why we—that's part of the business. You like.
0: He don't give a damn, Shane, about all these data. I mean, this is the exact mindset you want from a from a head coach because you, you got to clear that out. But uh, it's one thing to say it. Now they got to go out there and do it. Uh, you know, it's all positivity. We're, we're going to whoop ass. People are, you know, it's wild. I heard. Uh, I think it was Paul Feinbaum, Shane, saying, "How wild is it that this is a preseason top twenty-five coming off the." you know, worst season in the SEC, yet they completely get a mulligan. And I think that's fair to to ask, but because of the talent, because of the coaching moves, I, I get it too. So it's, it's just a unique spot to be in here. You know what?
1: Yeah, it's it's almost like we pulled out every excuse last year. You know what I'm saying? Like right. we all got that one guy that we work with that's – his truck's broke down twice, is <laughs> His grandma's passed away three times. You know what I'm saying? It's like after a while we just realize he doesn't want to come to work. And and, and I'm not saying that's the case with Jimbo here, but it's like you've ran out of excuses. Nobody I mean you you got your own you got your own media guys asking you questions like this that mm-hmm. may be the last question he asked you know what I'm saying <laughs> he risked it all on there but of course great he got cut off I was wondering where he was going to go with that but but again you put you put the doubters away you put the naysayers away when you come out here and you put you, you put lackluster teams away, you know, and, and if that happens, uh, people are going to ask dumb questions like this, brother. They're going to ask about backups and when do they get to play? Are they going to come in after half when you're up three, four touchdowns? You know, questions right. like that. So, uh, but that's where we're at, College Station. They, these, these fans, they they bought in. They're they're back. They're in their coach. But I guarantee you, ask any of them, they got a little hesitancy and they just want to see some good football,
0: right. Well, Shane, it sounds like uh, in the buzz I'm hearing is the running backs are doing outstanding down there. And and that was a question, maybe not a big big one because they got so much talent back here. But Devon Archane, someone that we were so high on, is now yeah. member of the Miami Dolphins, of course. Uh, let's kick it over to Jimbo, talking about the progress of these running backs with Le'Veon Moss, the five-star freshman, Ruben Owens, Amari Daniels, they got a couple transfers in there. David Bailey from Colorado State. Sounds like they are loving what they're getting from these running backs down at
5: College Station. Second row, Olin. Yeah, Jimbo, it's kind of a two-parter. First of all, how difficult is it to replace not just the on-field production but everything Devon, A-Chain was, and then the second part is uh, are any of those running backs, any one of them,
3: Taking, uh, I'm gonna tell you, what, they all, tell you what, if you watch them Saturday, which I'm sure <laughs> y'all did somewhere, uh, so uh, you, you know, you know exactly. Yeah, I know uh, it was up there, but whoever you, whoever, whoever y'all had watching for you, but you saw, you saw backs run well. All those guys have talent, those guys can run the football, and I was very pleased with our, with our production out of the backfield, running and catching and picking up blitzes. That group has done a really good job. Marquell has done a really good job with those guys. I mean, Amari ran well uh reuben ran tremendously well Le'Veon went. they all had plays and 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 you know broke tackles made yards when tough yard i mean expanding yards from two yard like i look sometimes everybody's looking for a touchdown i'm looking for a guy can that guy take that three yard run and make it a six yard run can that guy get in space and make a guy miss and create a play when it's not always when it's wide open that's great but can they get through cracks? can they read can they break tackles can they set set blockers i mean and then catch the football and can they pick up blitzes but I'm, I'm telling you, those those guys had a really good day Saturday, knock on wood. I just hope we can keep doing it. And then uh, Bailey, our, Dave Bailey, our big guy coming in, has done a real nice job. Uh, you know, Crownover's has done a really nice job in what he's doing and helping us in the backfield. So, been pleased with that position, really have.
0: And the reason I wanted to highlight this, because we go on and on about these receivers and the tight ends yeah. and these quarterbacks. We'll get to the quarterbacks in a second. But I don't want to say we're overlooking the running backs, but – they're kind of the the last man that gets mentioned on this offense, but by God, if they're as good as Jimbo's saying, why why can't a And M have the best offense in the SEC? They're
1: gonna be, I think they'll be good, Mike, and a lot of that has to do with some of these linemen coming back too. You know what I'm saying? Coming right. back, getting uh, getting healthy at the right time, and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know you can't replace devon i mean that's that's not what's going to happen there's it's a rarity to have a three down back they're going to have multitude of backs that can do a lot of extraordinary things and that's that's what they're going to be you're going to have different dudes doing different things they're going to play the hot hand but that that room's loaded but it's it's loaded full of names that you've just read off 24 7 you just haven't got to see them in action brother you're going to get to see a, a running back room in action this year
0: yeah well, and it sounds like we still got a little bit of a quarterback competition here, Shane, because Connor Wigman, Max Johnson, they're maybe they're just both playing so well that that, that there virtually is no separation, but at a point in time there has to be a starter named, Shane. So, uh last time kicking over to Jimbo talking to these quarterbacks and uh it's kind of interesting and I got something to ask you on the back end here.
3: And
4: is your quarterback competition ongoing?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's still going well. We haven't announced anything yet, but very pleased with both guys. Both guys had really good moments on the day, made big plays, made consistent plays, you know, executed in third down, made plays in the red zone, made plays in two minutes. I mean, and those, you know, like I say, coming out – and also coming off the goal line. You know, how comfortable do you feel what you put on their back, you know, when you're backed up and things like that. So, you know, we did those things. I, I was very pleased. And our and our two young guys are developing very well. Henderson and Marcel, I thought, really did a nice job in, in how they're developing and what they're doing too. And I have a walk on our walk on Dallas who's done a great job. I mean, he, he's, he's a – I tell you, we we're blessed to have him too.
0: All right, shade. So, no quarterback named. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple named across the SEC, and that's kind of where I wanted to to kind of finish the show. But I've got a a list here, Shane, of all the quarterback competitions heading into training camp. And let's focus first on the three that have named a starter, Shane, and that's Auburn. Yeah. Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford, of course, battling it out. Apparently there was only one interception thrown during – scrimmages at Auburn and it was actually thrown by Peyton Thorne who won that job Florida Graham Mertz has been named the starter after starting 30 plus games at Wisconsin and Georgia Carson Beck won the starting job over Brock Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton so of those three Shane Auburn Florida Georgia the fact that right now little over a week from their season openers they we all know who the starting quarterback is for Auburn, Florida, and Georgia. The fact that we have this information, does it change anything on your end about either of those three teams that have named a starting quarterback?
1: Well, I always thought one second. Let me kill this damn bug. Did you see that?
2: Mm-mm.
1: <laughs> Mr. Miyagi would be proud, <laughs> unless I missed him. <laughs> <laughs> I better not see this floating on Twitter <laughs> later. Uh, all right, where were? Okay, yeah, dude i I think if you're looking at it, it's it's different situation. Like Florida, right? There's nobody with a pulse really behind him, so you knew that was going to happen. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm not bashing backups and all this stuff, but I'm just saying there's a distance, and it, it seems like that one's in hand. The Thorn one, the gate. What gave me confidence in that one is the fact that you've got so many different pieces that you need to build that chemistry. And, and, and I've said this, I'm like, I, I keep beating this drum, Mike. There's only so much practice you can do. There's only so many plays you can go through. And if you're wasting it on a quarterback, that's not your starter. Well, mm-hmm. then you're wasting it. So I, I think that was important for, for Thorne, um, Georgia. I don't think there was ever really a competition here. I I, I know people are going to say that and you know, that, that they're play but I, I don't think. You were talking about confidence. I think that one is is the one that's most alarming is just the fact that, hey, Georgia's ready to go. You know what I'm saying? They're ready right. to compete for their third natty. Uh yeah. So I think it's more alarming that we're sitting here with college station and we got a quote unquote oh, quarterback. We'll, oh, we'll get
0: to, you, we'll get there in a second. Okay. Because I, I, I got some thoughts too. But I think you hit on the right one, Shane. I think Auburn, that's the one that's of the ones that have been named that has got me the most excited about yeah what that can mean this fall because because of the new coaching staff, new system, all the new pieces, like everything you just said, but also because Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze, their track record Shane, of of coaching up, developing these quarterbacks, Peyton Thorne has started a number of games for Michigan State and I, I have to believe he's surrounded by more talent now than he ever was at Michigan State. So yeah, if we were going into the season with, uh, you know, we're still juggling these quarterbacks are so close, and it sounds like Robbie Ashford is, is you know, his best practices came after he, they gave it to Peyton Thorne. Now, maybe that's just coach speak. Maybe that's what they want out there. So we like, you're still in it, buddy. You know what I mean? But no, this this is the Peyton but Thorne he'll show. he'll still...
1: That's you, what's unique about the the three quarterbacks you asked is this room could actually do like similar to Vanderbilt which or uh, Mississippi State we we're just talking about right a two quarterback system I'm I'm not expecting Robbie to have a lot of plays but I guarantee we're going to see him in some drives you mm-hmm. know just to mix things up and and who knows still have that opportunity to win that job
0: right I just think it would be I'd be more concerned if they were going fifty yeah, fifty going yeah, into yeah. Week One you know what I yeah, mean yeah for sure. So now, Shane, now we can get to what you were about to talk <laughs> about. We got four competitions here, Shane, still undecided, at least publicly, maybe behind the scenes, different story. But Alabama seemingly got eight quarterbacks in this thing. Missouri, Brady Cook, Sam Horn. Yeah. Ole Miss, surprisingly, in my, in my opinion, not named a starter. Jackson Dart, Spencer Sanders. Again, I think Spencer Sanders can transfer out if he graduates, so let's keep a, keep an eye on his academics. Uh, and then Texas A&M, of course, we were just talking about Connor Wigman, Max Johnson, of the four that have yet to name a starting quarterback, which any of those change anything at all that you're thinking about those teams? And again, we're talking Alabama, Missouri, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, any – Maybe concerns not the right word, but just, I don't know, something, something yeah. may be up here. I, I'm really concerned
1: about the Alabama one um, just because that's, that week two game is looming, and and it just uh, – as far as pulse, I have no idea, Mike. I have no idea who they're going to roll out there. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining, uh, you know, a, a two-quarterback race, but who knows. So that one has me a little distraught because this could be a really good team. This could be a, a contender in the SEC if this has fumbled though, it's gonna be frustrating. The Texas A and M one drives me nuts. Yeah. And and nothing against Max Johnson or, or big bad Brad, you know, and all this <laughs> you know, it's like everybody you poll anybody down there at Texas A and M, is there any question on who's a quarterback? So I think this may be a little bit of coach coach talk here myself, and, and maybe they're just trying to, you know, hey, Max, hang in there. You're almost you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I I think the old miss one, I, I don't think that's as close, but Again, I've been I, I've been wrong many a time, so d- don't quote me or tag Lane Kiffin because <laughs> sure as shit, you saw what he did with the last reporter that reported bad news. So I have no idea what that's going to look like, but I think it's Jackson. You know what I'm saying? But a similar yeah. situation. That's it's a delicate time with some of these quarterbacks you brought in. For I mean, you got to remember they all transferred in. Mm-hmm. Look at all the transfers that you got, especially with Ole Miss and, and uh, Texas A&M there. The 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 Missouri one is probably the most legitimate quarterback race out of the four that you've talked about. And um, I, I think Brady is just hanging on that job to dear life, and all it needs is one good showing from Sam, and he'll take the reins. But who knows? Maybe Brady takes that step forward. I truly think that that competition will get settled week one. But uh, But, yeah, other than that, I don't know. I just kind of went around all the, the questions you asked. But uh, yeah. that's, that's just kind of how I feel about those four teams.
0: Well, the, the Missouri, I'm glad you went there, Shane, because this is something that I've kind of echoed all offseason. But the fact that Brady Cook you know, tore his – what was it? Labrum or, or whatever. Get, got yeah. injured early in the season and they still had to play him. You know, that's troubling because that just gives you an indication of what they thought of the the backups at the time. And it says to me they had no option in their mind than to play Brady Cook. And now this is a 180 to where maybe we got multiple options. Right. So I think that's a great thing for Missouri. For A&M, though, I am concerned, Shane, because this is – we've seen it now multiple times from Max Johnson where, I mean, even going back to LSU – what was yeah. I, I think he lost the job out to T.J. Finley. I, I can't remember. But I know certainly he didn't start the beginning of the year at AM, mm-hmm. yet he kind of salvaged the middle part of that season, won a couple games. So maybe Max Jossett is just more of a gamer than he is a practice player. I don't know. But the fact that we've not named it, and, and maybe this is a little coach speak, and maybe it is Connor Wigman all the way, and I'm just misreading the situation, but – going back to what we were saying about AM Shane i mean this is this is a potential playoff contender i truly believe that but it also feels like one or two things go wrong and disaster <laughs> could could be you know uh, right around the corner and we have seen that so this i don't think it's me being dramatic i mean no oh, we just won five games last year so yeah there's potential here, Shane, for if you pick the wrong quarterback, there could be division, there could be locker room issues, there could be, you know, what if Bobby Batrito wants one guy and Jimbo wants another? Again, I'm completely speculating here, but that's trouble, I think, for a team that, again, remember we did it last week, Shane, what's the expectations? You're sitting here saying 10 wins, I'm saying 9, which would tie for the most Jimbo's got, I think, since he's been at A&M, yet, we don't even know who the starting quarterback is a week away from from game 1 this that's a little bit of a red flag for me
1: well and that's kind of my that's why i'm saying it it could go either way mike it could be noise you know just coach coming out here saying saying this to to appease the media and, right. and get max you know not give away his hand but the problem is is this isn't the first year that we've had quarterback controversy down there, you know right. I mean, we all remember the Haynes King and, and, and all that mess. It, it just it, it, when you come in always looking over your shoulder, I think it adds an extra layer of pressure on these quarterbacks that they don't need. So if, if, if you if you think percent you're 80 percent sure that Connor's your guy, name him stop 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 messing around with the media and, and playing a game you know build his confidence and let him know that we've got full support in this guy and he's gonna he's gonna run this team to an sec championship you know don't don't say well it's it's open and it could come down the wire because because guess <laughs> what when connor gets out there and he's going to take a, a throw that he you know that could be potentially a home run he he may draw he may pull it in and 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 tuck it for three yards because he's afraid to throw an interception or something like that. You know I mean? Quarterback, mm-hmm. it's such a mental game as well. Uh, So, uh, but again, Jimbo may just be blowing smoke up her ass. I don't know.
0: Right now for the old miss one shed, I'm I am a little concerns, not the right word, because I think if Jackson dart doesn't win the job and I think he will, but if he doesn't, I mean, you're going with a guy that started, I think four years at Oklahoma state. So, to me, this is Lane Kiffin running his program like an NFL franchise. Yeah. I mean, feelings are not going to be considered. It's not like, you know, who's more likely to leave if I do – you know, he's trying to win, and he's trying to win yeah. big with all these transfers and bringing these guys in. So, you know, he's not playing best friends with any of these quarterbacks. So, it, it is interesting, and considering they come out right out the – right out the game play, what is it, Mercer in the opening game. I mean, they – you're not holding anything back for them but i think you're mm-hmm. going to see both of these guys play early in the season before they get into that gauntlet of LSU, Alabama, Arkansas in uh, you know several weeks in a row. So i'm not too concerned about it just because Lane Kiffin's such a unique guy and i yeah. feel like whoever they roll with it's they're going to make the right decision. I can't I can't recall Lane Kiffin making many bad decisions when it came to the quarterback position. So that that one doesn't concern me, but I mean, one thing that does concern me, Shade, is Alabama. And uh, yeah. I've, I've made no secret of that. But now that we're very close to the season and the latest buzz is all this Dylan Logarum, the freshman, maybe our yeah. best option on the. <laughs> good Lord. I mean, what? Maybe he's um, incredible and maybe he's the next star at, at Alabama. And I, I hope he is. Yeah. But that. I mean, when you've had Ty Simpson on campus and Jalen Milrow on campus and you bring in Tyler Buckner, who started and he knows the system, and the last thing I want to be hearing is well, his true freshman, he's, he's better than all of them. right. that that is a horrible sign, I think.
1: Well let me, let me let me reverse it a little bit here, Mike, because I am curious your thoughts if you were ranking these from true competitions like a dead heat. Mm-hmm. between the quarterbacks from most likely to least likely out of these four teams, which one's most likely, I mean, up in the air, quarterback controversy and, and which one may be settled. Just not, just not out in public yet.
0: I think Alabama number one up in the air. I really do. Yeah. And that's because you talk to five different people and they give you five different answers. Yeah. Now maybe Everyone's being misinformed, but you got Saban out here begging for someone to <laughs> take the reins. And it, I mean, there's—I don't know—that that's that's just a jumbled mess. And the fact they're bringing in a transfer quarterback after spring, I mean, it's yeah, that's wild. Uh, I think Missouri is probably number two, mm-hmm. and that's because I think Sam Horn's got so much potential, but I think Eli trusts Brady a little bit more. So I th- I think that that's neck and neck. Um, I would probably put the old miss is there, one. Third. Is there a
1: gap between this Missouri and Old Miss?
0: Yes, yeah, so I think there's a huge gap here. Because yeah. I okay. I still think I think it's Jackson Dart's job. I don't know why they've not named short of like I said, I think Spencer Sanders can leave as a graduate transfer. I think that's I think they're keeping them until until maybe I don't know if there's a deadline or what, but uh, you know, that was that was just a <laughs> unique situation. And then last I would put Texas A and M Connor Wigman. I I, again, I'm right there with you. I don't understand why they've not named him the starter. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I was just curious, and that's kind of my sentiment myself. And and uh, I just, I'm really intrigued with this Bama situation. Uh, I I mean, we may not have clarity at all. I mean, they're going to start game prepping next week. So, I'm sure there's going to be somebody talking about who's getting the most, most of the ones, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Watch Tyler Buckner win the Heisman after all this. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not coming to
1: our booth next year, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, uh, that's
0: all I got on this episode. You got anything else before we hop off the line?
1: Well, oh, brother! That's it from my end. It was good catching up with you and and getting a little college football news out to you. And uh, I look forward to it, man. We're game prepping already yeah. for for the Vandy. Um, mm-hmm. Are you going to go to that game? I know you're going to be coming up here later this week, but I, I didn't know if you planned on. I, you mentioned that yeah. there's a chance you may catch the Vandy game. Is that not going to happen?
0: I don't think I'm allowed after I've been tweeting about the, <laughs> the I don't know if that'll uh, room for me, you know?
1: Yeah, I tell you what. Them Vandy fans are not happy <laughs> with the construction talk, you know? <laughs> But I get it. I get it. I I was looped into one, and it was like 20 other stadiums currently going through the the same facelift. But they're not in the SEC, Mike. I'll let it slide this time, though.
0: Yeah, I always forget we should do this earlier in the show, Shay. But, uh, you know, we've been going live on Sunday. Those have been a lot of fun. So 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 Central, every Sunday we're going live. We're going to start doing it. Uh, Pretty soon on Thursdays As well so we appreciate Everybody showing up for those those are a little bit Different a little bit unique And uh, I mean it's a good time Answering the questions uh, on the Live show you know what
1: Absolutely. The Midas Touch returns on Thursdays at 6. <laughs> More like the Grim Reaper. If you want to make money, bet the opposite of Shane. So, hey, I'm yep. looking forward to that. And like you said, I think next live will be live. So I'm looking forward. I'm Like I said, drinking some... I got, I got calmed down, you know. It's been a while since we've hung out, you know. Last time I got drunk, and I can't even remember the second show we did. So uh, I heard it was okay, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate all the cousins out there. We'll catch you on the next one.
1: All right. See you, guys. Go Falls. Get it. Hey,
4: buddy.